Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsudduff.com. I am an American board certified OBGYN. a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sadaf Lodi. And today we will be just doing a year end review. So just looking back at all the things that I've talked about in this podcast and kind of going through like which ones were my most downloaded and just thanking you, the listener, the viewer for tuning in and allowing me to be in your ears and uh, finding value in what I have to say. So as always, I just want to say that before I get into it, the first thing I want to make very clear is that I'm not giving any type of medical or religious advice. So if you have any concerns about your health, please speak with your medical provider. And if you have any questions about your religion, please ask your friendly neighborhood religious leader. It's a Muslim sex podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman who talks about sex. So I thought what we do is I just kind of let you listeners and viewers know kind of what happened in this past year. So I decided to start up a podcast, as you know, and um, initially I did it with uh, one of my friends, um, Zabine Mirza, and she hosted with me for a little bit of time. And then I had my sister come on as well, who was also a co-host. And then I had a really a ton of great uh, guests that came on and also shared with us some of their knowledge and their expertise. And that was fantastic. And I hope that you found a lot of value in it as much as I did. So I think it was great. But what I wanted to kind of go over and spend a little bit of time on today is just to kind of let you know what you've helped me achieve and what I'm so, so grateful for all of the listeners out there that have helped me to achieve this milestone is that we've had this past year about almost 36,000 downloads, which I think is fantastic. I've never done a podcast before, but I've been told by my producers that 36,000 downloads in my first year of podcasting is a great number and something to be proud of. So I am definitely very proud of this milestone achievement. So thank you so much. Also, we've had about 15,000 unique users. So basically 15,000 different people and we are global, which is amazing. I've had the privilege of having people from throughout the world listen in on my podcast, which has been amazing for me. Thank you so much. I've recorded 55 episodes. Um, Some of the countries with the most downloads have been the US, Canada, UK, India, Austria, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Germany, Morocco, and so many more. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the listeners and viewers that have taken time out to actually listen to this podcast and to download it. I thought I'd also kind of go over the podcast episodes that were downloaded the most. And I think that you'd be interested to find out, you know, which episodes people found the most interesting. 
And I guess really no surprise here is that the intimacy episode that was recorded in um, on January 21st, 2022, had over 2,000 downloads, specifically 2,538 downloads, which is amazing. But that just tells me that there is a huge void in this realm, right? Like it's very, very important to learn about sexual health. And sexual health is something that we definitely don't get enough of in our education system, even in medical school and even in, in OBGYN residency, right? So surprisingly, the people that you hope would know the most actually just know a little bit more than what the listeners know. So that's unfortunate, but the tide is turning and you know there are a lot more people are getting educated on the topic of comprehensive sexual education. So fear not, Lots of people are talking more about sexual health and hopefully we'll have more evidence-based, research-backed, comprehensive sexual education to follow. So actually we're going to just get a short clip of this uh, and intimacy episode. So we'll just take a listen here and hear a little bit about it. Okay, so, you know, men, you know, if there are men listening, right? We know you like to think that you orgasm and then you're ready to go, but the science proves that that is a lie. When you were 18, you needed at least 15 minutes, and right now, on average, you need about 30. All right? So we appreciate you, and we applaud your efforts, but we'll see you in 30 minutes, okay? Uh, now, now that we have established male refractory versus female refractory. And also, by the way, I will say this, okay? And this is me, you know, off, off tangent here, but just because men, the male refractory period is 30 minutes does not mean that you cannot pleasure your partner in those 30 minutes, right? So you can lie there and catch your breath, but in 30 minutes, if your partner, right, is ready to go and is able to go, Please, out of the goodness of your heart, do not make her wait the 30 minutes that may or may not be closer to the 20 hours that Sada just mentioned some people's refractory periods might be. So this is your public service announcement from me. Moving <laughs> on. The next topic here, oh, Sada, this is like your favorite topic, sex toys and lube. <laughs> Okay, so this is everybody that's listening is Sada's favorite topic, and it's so favorite, and it's so much of her favorite that she has decided that I should talk about it and not her. But sex toys and lube, and the reason we talk about this, and again, why we want to even why we're even doing this podcast and why we're having this conversation is to normalize sex, to normalize pleasure, to normalize the sexual experience in all its shapes, all its forms, all its iterations, all its participants, all its types. And that means that it's okay, right, to explore different types of sexual intercourse or to, to innovate in your sexual intercourse, whether that is not just in different sexual positions, but by introducing sex toys, by utilizing lubricants, which by the way, there's so much, um, there is so much toxic thinking around sex toys and lube, Sadaf. So people 
will often say that, oh, you know, you shouldn't need lube, right? If you need lube, that means you're not aroused or you're not so turned on by your partner. And that's just blatantly and patently false. There is nothing wrong. You could be extremely turned on by your partner and you could still utilize lube. There's no reason not to sell the phone. That's not indic- in- indicative of you not being aroused. That's correct. I mean, I mean, there's there can be multiple reasons for not enough lubrication. You know, some women that um, have their ovaries removed. So remember that estrogen plays a huge role in lubrication. So if, for example, a woman is in menopause, right, she may not uh, be able to get lubricated enough. Or if a woman went through chemo and it affected her ovaries, uh, she may not be able to get enough lubrication for intercourse. So, you know, it also, um, and then there are definitely, if, you know, if a woman is, say, depressed or, you know, has some mental health concerns, then that might be a reason also why she, why she can't um, get lubricated and may not, um, you know, it may require some lubrication, but there's definitely nothing wrong with a woman that is not able to be, is not able to have enough lubrication on her own, right? There's nothing wrong with using uh, a lubricant such as a water-based lubricant. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, thanks for tuning back. And so now um, I'd like to go over the other episodes that were downloaded uh, quite a bit. And uh, we go to the first episode, which was the Muslim sex podcast episode, which was released in January on January 5th. And then of course, we go to the anatomy of the female genitalia, uh, specifically the vulva and the episode where we talk about that. And that had over 1500 downloads. Um, the other episodes, which I found rather interesting, you know, because so throughout the podcast, I've spoken a lot about obstetric issues and also about gynecology issues. And then as we approach toward the end of the year, I spoke a lot more about um, mental health issues. So for example, anxiety in relationships, and we talked about focus, we talked about well-being, we talked about um, postpartum health, and we talked a lot about uh, different sexually, a lot of different topics regarding sexual health. But um, some of the other episodes, which I think people were very interested in was regarding childbirth and postpartum health. And again, that episode about postpartum health um, was very, very important because we don't have very much information. There isn't a lot of information about postpartum health. You know, as OBGYNs, we're so good about taking care of the mom and the baby while you're pregnant, but then really, once you have the baby, you know, who's checking in on you? Who's asking about your mental health? Who's asking about postpartum depression? Who's asking, you know, are you okay? Uh, do you need any help? And so I feel that as OBGYNs, we have a lot of work to do in terms of making sure our patients are okay and they're feeling well after they have their baby. Because as you know, for those people that have had children, you know it really rocks your world. <laughs> I mean, in the best sense of the word. I mean, it's it's really a lot of work. So, you know, um, props out to all the parents out there that are having children and taking care of kids because it is definitely a lot, a lot of work. And um, 
And so we can go into that episode a little bit about postpartum health that was released on April 1st, 2022. So here's a little clip from there. So the important thing to look out for is with postpartum blues, you know, you can feel so you can have some mood swings, some sadness, some crying, some feelings of being overwhelmed, you know, loss of appetite, insomnia. But the important thing to know about postpartum blues is that they typically don't last longer than two weeks. And, and that's normal. You know, it's normal to have the postpartum blues. But the difference being when somebody is diagnosed with postpartum depression is that that depression tends to last longer than two weeks. You know, it can last for months. And when that happens, there's also feelings of suicidal ideation, like some women may consider suicides. There may be feelings of homicide. Um, there might be, you know, inability to get out of bed, to have sometimes self-loathing, feeling like you're not enough. And there can also be, you know, frequent crying, loss of appetite or overeating, severe fatigue, lots of negative feelings that happened and anxiety and panic attacks that it becomes so overwhelming that sometimes women don't know what to do. But when that happens, the most important thing you can do is seek out your healthcare provider and also seek out help and check in with family and friends so that they can come over and they can help and take over for a while if that's what you need to feel better or maybe you know go and see your healthcare provider so that they can start you on perhaps some antidepressants if that's what you need but make sure you take care of yourself and you take care of your health because the most important thing for a baby is you and you're the most important thing to your family it's important that you take care of your mental health and your physical health. And next, you know, we go into the contraception episode. It seems like a lot of people were interested in that episode as well. And, you know, that episode really, I, at that time, I didn't know it. That was released in January. But that episode, it was actually quite timely. I mean, look what happened to Roe v. Wade, right? And the limitations placed on abortion care. And of course, you know, we all agree, or at least most of us will agree that abortion care is health care. And it doesn't matter really whether you agree with it or not. It's important to know that it is a right that every woman should have and that it's really the woman's body right? We can all agree to that. And that it's really up to her what she decides to do with her body. So anyways, that episode on contraception was downloaded over 1100 times. So that was fantastic. But I think it's really, really important to kind of, you know, if you didn't hear it, or if you never got a chance to listen to it, take a listen, you know, see what I talk about in there. There, is, there are tons of options when it comes to contraception. You know, the really the most important thing to do is really find out what works for you, what doesn't, you know, you may like something that you don't have to think about, for example, an IUD or an implant or um, an injection that you get every three months, you know, those are all types of different types of um, contraception that you can use that will help prevent pregnancy. Or you can, of course, take birth control pills. And, um, and, you know, that's something that you would take daily. But of course, that episode is so, so important. So for anyone that is not sure about what type of contraception to take or what to use, the risks, the benefits, all that stuff, you know, take a listen and see what I have in store in that episode. 
One of the other episodes that I think was very important is where I do talk about mental health, and that was with a mental health provider. Her name was Summer Haroon, and uh, we talked about what it was like growing up in a conservative environment and, you know, how people feel about mental health. And a lot of times the way that people feel about mental health is a lot how they also feel about, you know, sexual education, which is we don't really talk about it right? So people that may be suffering from mental health or that have not been able to get in touch with a provider that could help them with mental health, um, you know, it's so important to recognize that and then seek out people that may be able to help you. And there are tons of resources, lots of people now, especially in the mental health realm that are doing complete virtual visits. So if anyone out there is interested in listening to that episode that was released in March, on March 15, 2022, and that had over a thousand downloads and we can hear a little snippet of that. When I have clients who do intakes with me, um, one of the things that I say is, listen, there's a reason you're in therapy, right? Because you can go to any Barnes and Nobles, you can pick up books on healthy coping skills, you know where to find this information. The reason we're in therapy is because we're working on the symptoms right now, right? We're working on what's not allowing you to apply these coping skills because you have your own trauma, you have to have the trauma resolved and have an understanding of this lack of adaptation to be able to implement the coping skill. We can't go from being like, oh, I don't have this coping skill to coping skill and implementation, right? Because some of these things feel like common sense, but the roadblocks that we have internally because of our unresolved traumas is what holds us back, right? And to this day, like the people who do practice coping skills, it takes time and practice for it to naturally occur. Yeah. But you have to be in the right mental state to first accept that you need the coping skill and understand where the need of that coping skill coping skill is does that make sense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i don't teach a course it just naturally occurs in therapy <laughs> maybe i should lastly what i want to say is you know really just it's because of you the listener who you know takes the time out whether you're going on your walks whether you're you know taking the dog out for a walk or if you're cleaning the house or whatever it is that you know you take the time out you listen to this because you feel that it brings you value and i hope that you see that because I really enjoy bringing this to you. Um, and I think it's so important that we have these conversations around sex and about intimacy and how that impacts our lives, right? It's so important to realize that it is an important part of our lives and um, that we need to be talking about this. In fact, one of the favorite talks that I had was with the author Habiba Kande, as you probably remember, for those of you that may have tuned in, that I actually had about four episodes with him. He is a renowned author, a Nigerian-born author that currently resides in England, and he has over seven books uh, regarding intimacy and also uh, about Islam and erotology and things like that. And if you're like me, you know, you had no idea that the two words even belong together, right? Islam and erotology, like what the heck? My mind was completely blown, but it's true. He wrote a whole book about it and it is fantastic. Um, he even wrote a shorter version of that same book and that was called Women of Desire. And the reason why I think that those books are awesome and, you know, I'm sure everyone has their own views, but the reason why 
I thought that they were great is because it, it almost gives you permission, right? You learn about Islam, you learn about the history of Islam, and you learn where Islam is a very sex positive religion. And really it's through our culture, through colonization, through things that we have absorbed from the colonizers that we start to have this very sex negative attitude, right? So I think what's important to realize and what I learned after reading a lot of Habib's books is that, you know, realizing that we have a very rich history and that our history does include learning and being open and receptive to learning about sexual health. And I think that that is very, very important. And something else that I thought was very important and to understand is that uh, a woman's right to experience pleasure in Islam and that a woman can actually get divorced if she's not, um, you know, pleased sexually. So, so basically if we know about our sexual rights in Islam, then we'll know um, the importance of it and the importance of pleasure in a relationship and also how sex is a very big part of a marriage, right? And of course in Islam, um, those of you that are Muslim that, that listen into this podcast, we know that when we talk about sex, it's always in relation to marriage, right? So it's never really extramarital or anything like that, but it is in relation to marriage. And it's important to know that marriage is half of our faith. And there's a reason for that. And part of that reason is that it allows us to satisfy our own desires within um, the context of marriage. So I think that that was very important and that's why I actually had four episodes with uh, Habib just because I found it to be fascinating and I thought it was really important for uh, those of us that are Muslim and even people that are not Muslim, right? People have a lot of uh, misconceptions about Islam and so it's important for us to educate people and ourselves first and foremost, right? Ourselves and then others about what Islam says regarding um, intimacy and sex within the context of marriage. Uh, some of the other episodes really quickly that uh, people found very intriguing and interesting were the episode on uh, marriage and stillbirth that had over 900 downloads. And a lot of the episodes regarding uh, intimacy and intimacy coaching that was also very well received. So. In all, I think that, you know, for anyone that has taken the time to listen, thank you so much. I hope you continue to listen and I have a, a whole nother year to plan out, you know, what I'm going to talk about. And of course, it'll be more information for you regarding sexual health and wellness. And I'll be bringing to you the latest in research that we have, just as I was able to have an interview with Dr. Maria Uloko and Dr. Samina Rahman. You know, those are two of the foremost thinkers and educators and researchers that we have in sexual medicine. And I hope to bring you more episodes with uh, researchers such as those. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was really just you know, a year in review, please go and take a listen for those of you that might be interested that haven't had a chance to listen to those episodes or really to any of those episodes because I have 55 that I released this past year and I'm very proud of. 
And also just wanted to, again, thank you to the listener and the viewer out there that have tuned in and have downloaded um, this podcast. So I think that I am done here and it's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be any type of medical advice. So if you are having any health issues, please see your healthcare provider for any concerns that you might have. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsadaf.com. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thank you.